We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality, lab-tested, hemp-based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning, a half a treat at night, and she loves them. They're delicious. She always barks for them. Uh, she's a, she's a, you know, my dog's a little dog. She's a mental patient. I like to say she's a lovable mental patient. So she's always, she's always, uh, stressed out, neurotic, just like me about something, but these, these make her chill. They calm her down. Uh, she does, obviously, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a lot of, uh, discomfort, uh, naturally. And these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a you know, she's has a high quality of life because of, uh, we take good care of her over here and these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love guy provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products, Cap, are THC-free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know Pancakes is always scared of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to the pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these, Look at that. Uh, I love, you they can have these enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www. G-A-I-A provides P-R-O-V-I-D-E-S dot com. And and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you wanna you, you can get if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So guy provides. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento. I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 297. My name's Turner Sparks. I am Mike the Tiger, because Mike Kaplan means tiger in Turkish. Look at that. Cap's doing his research, everybody. Uh, You can find me at turnersparks.com, at turnersparks on Instagram. I put up new stand-up comedy videos once a week over there, so check me out. I'm also on tour. I'll be in Las Vegas March 13th through 19th at the Tropicana Casino with Tom Rhodes on the Las Vegas Strip, so come on out to that if you're anywhere near there. Uh, You can find Kaplan at Kaplan America on all social media platforms. Kaplan NYC for your real estate needs, everybody. Kaplan. Got a place in Sunset Park, so... You know, come, come, come see us. I got an open house this weekend. In well, New York City. not everyone lives next door to us, Kevin. This is in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, yeah, Brooklyn. Sunset I thought everyone knew Brooklyn. Park. You're going real specific. <laughs> got a condo. Come, come visit. Anyway, uh, we got it. We have uh, on today's podcast, everybody, we're talking about, oh, we found someone in Turkey. This is big news. Our <laughs> big friend, breaking news. Brian, our friend Brian Sack, who we know through Andrew Heaton and the uh, Political Orphanage podcast. 
uh, who's a guest, often uh, a longtime guest over there. We've connected with him. He's now in Turkey. So we've and he's willing to speak about stuff in Turkey. We've been trying to get someone forever to do this. Unfortunately, he's there because of the earthquake and um, he's doing some recovery efforts there. We're going to get to we're going to bring him in in just a minute. But before we get to him, Kaplan, holy cow, our Patreon channel is going nuts. Blowing up. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, we finally got some momentum over there. We recorded Cap and I went to last summer. We went to El Salvador to film a pilot episode based off a television episode based off this podcast. We self-funded it. We hired all the crew. We hired all the staff. We wrote the show. We cast the show. I mean, it's not, there's not much writing. We just went over there and did it. It's documentary <laughs> style. But we went to El Salvador, met with a local comedian. Excuse me. I can't talk this morning. Put on a stand-up comedy show that I performed in, bilingual, English and Spanish, all to figure out what it's like to live in a country where Bitcoin is your currency. We met with government officials. We met with Bitcoin bros. We met with everybody. And we've been screening it. And um, due to that screen, we've been screening it online exclusively for Patreon subscribers. Just for Patreons. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've had a ton of new subscribers join for five bucks so they can see that show. And I want to read off a list of some of those subscribers right now. Um, very exciting. I'm pulling it up. I should have pulled it up before we start. Kaplan, what's going on in your life? <laughs> I got a, like I said, I got an apartment in Sunset Park, two bedroom. <laughs> Good improv. All right. Shout out to John Fitzgerald, Gene Treister, Carrie Eber, Daniel Granillo, Randy Drexler. Randy's coming to my show in Detroit in uh, nice. May. He already told me. Arvine Saxena, Lawrence Sparks, my cousin, someone named I Bloop My Mark Cisneros, one of our De- favorites, Debbie Tusi, Aunt Debbie. Caleb McMahon, Mel Coffin, my cousin, Jimmy Bean, Whitney Applegate, Clayton Weiss or Weiss, Ken Coleman, Dr. Bill Bomber all this week. That's all new Patreon subscribers this week. So everybody go to patreon.com slash lost in America for five bucks. We're still leaving this up for a couple more days. So you'll immediately get a couple more days. That's it. You'll immediately get sent a private YouTube link and you can watch this show for five bucks. The documentary 47 minutes long. Plus you get an intro from us and you get a, um, a, a Q and a with one of the stars of the show immediately after on the live stream we did last week. So you'll just get we, sent the live stream. And as I say, we've got future stuff in the, uh, we've got an event. What, what's, do we have a date on that for our next? Event oh yeah. For so for all Patreon subscribers, we're now starting a once a month, Patreon subscriber only private Zoom chat with one of the guests from this show. So somebody you've heard us talk to, now you're going to get to talk to. You go, hey, wow, I like that person. Uh, Maybe I would love to meet them someday. Well, now you can Questions with the power of Zoom. So we'll jump in. It'll be a Q&A. We'll let you speak directly to these guests, these comedians, these entertainers all around the world who are in uh, in all these wild countries that we're talking to people. And so we're doing that once a month. We're currently setting up our first guest. We can't announce who it is yet, but it'll be in April. And we don't have a date yet because we got to lock them in so we can get a date. But it'll be in April. Kev, go ahead. No, I was going to say, when you're if you're listening to the podcast and you're like this dope Kaplan that asks the stupidest questions, why isn't he asking blank? Now's your chance. You can get online with this person who's in this crazy part of the world. Ask them what you've been thinking and find out what's real. So it's it's a great experience, I think, for everyone. It'll be a good little feature to add to our Patreon ensemble. Patreon.com slash Lost in America. Kaplan, now let's get to the show. Um, so there, an earthquake happened February 6th in uh i believe yes february 6th a 6.4 magnitude earthquake in turkey 
and Syria. Uh, today, we're yeah. talking mostly about Turkey. What do you know about all this, Kev? Well, I mean, the big news I know is that both Syria, because, you know, they had had war and Turkey because of just apparently incompetence with the buildings that a lot more buildings went down than should have. And uh, more people died or more people were lost or trapped because of this. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is um, the thing that's going to bring down Erdogan. I, I don't know. It seems so he's he's like a pseudo dictator, authoritarian leader of Turkey for a long time. But it would be interesting if there is an election coming up and if this would be the thing that finally spurs an opposition movement to uh, change in leadership. So that's that's what well, I the first thing I want to find out is how to correctly pronounce his name. Um, mm. I think you got close, I I got but I don't think you yeah. nailed it. Yeah. So we'll- I, I pronounced it like there there are people who pronounce their name Erdogan spelled that way, but he's not one of them. You're right. So I did. Oh, there I, are. Uh, OK, where do they live? Well, I'm Erdogan, again, the, the records producer. No, the record producer. I'm Erdogan. He was Turkish. But uh, anyway, well, maybe guy's- you might be right. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't I think that covers what we know right there. Our guest today, Brian Sack, as I said, uh, we know him through the political orphanage with Andrew Heaton. Brian is a an accomplished uh, comedy writer, uh, comedian. He used to host the uh, the BS of A with Brian Sack, a sketch comedy show on the Blaze Network. Um, he's written multiple books. He's written for Cracked. He's written for The Independent, Radar. He did something with John Mayer at some yeah, point. That's what I want to get into that. Maybe that's a good place to start. <laughs> now, the last time I spoke to Brian, this is uh, well a year over a year ago because it was when my I was recording my album. He had he was going to come to the show and then he said, "Sorry, I can't make it. I'm in Poland right now helping Ukrainian refugees." That was last year. From real, now he's a in real do gooder. So Brian's all over the world. Brian, welcome to the show. How you doing? How did Kaplan do on his review? <laughs> uh, it's Erdo. First of all, good night, uh, which is hello. Uh, oh, good night is hello. Good day. It's That's good day. No, good night. I know it's, it's tricky. Good night. Um, uh, it's Erdogan. Erdogan, yes. The, the G Erdogan. is a W. It's it's very confusing here because they use the Roman alphabet, but mm. the the letters are pronounced differently. <laughs> in they got to change that first. Thing they got to change the Roman alphabet. Who's doing that? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's and they they have a few accents here and there that also change the pronunciations. They have an I that doesn't have a dot, and then they have an I with a dot. And those are two <laughs> different. Tricky. Those mean two that. different pronunciations. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Um, what? Yeah, it's, um, it's been hard. <laughs> how long have you? So, yeah, let's start with you. How long have you been in, in Turkey? Uh, I've been here a month. I get the so the earthquake happened, what, the sixth, and I was here on the ninth. I flew in the 5 a.m. on the ninth. So, you just heard about it and said, I've got to drop everything and go help? Well, they, I'm so I'm, I'm working with World Central Kitchen, which does basically provides food in, in crisis zones. Okay. Uh, and so uh, they just, call me and they say, are you available? Uh, and I say, for what? And they say, go to Turkey. And I say, when? And they say, preferably today or tomorrow. And then uh, <laughs> literally, I pretty much, everything. you know, I, I look at my wife and she gets on the computer and starts looking at flights and I drop everything and uh, we change a lot of plans and I, and I head out. So wow. I was, yeah. I, um, and that's pretty much what's been happening since. Yeah. I was in Poland about a year ago for that, for the yeah, Ukrainian relief, which is yeah. still ongoing, but they, they've moved into Ukraine. Okay, and so and it, it, does your wife go with you? She actually, yeah, it was yeah. She came out with my sons for spring break. Their spring break, and they 
they were with me in the border in Medica, uh, which is the Ukrainian border town uh, where we had oh, an operation. Great spring breakdown. Wow. Uh, you know what? It was. It looks really good on college applications. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Kaplan went but, to Tijuana so on his spring break. I was break. in Cancun. <laughs> yeah. They could not find Ukraine on the map there. So they, the whole fam came out and they they helped. They were here for like a little a little over a week or and uh, and I ran you know serving paninis and and just running you know running stuff. Helped my my son and his friend uh, were handing out luggage to people because people were crossing the border with nothing. I mean they, you know basically plastic bags. It was all only women and children because the men had to stay behind in right, Ukraine. Any, anybody eighteen or over had to stay. Uh, so it was just women, children, and pets coming over the border with you know bags or whatever they had in hand and. So um, they were handing out luggage to to people to help them, and it was uh, you know it's uh, it was pretty depressing. How long honest. were you in? How long were you there for in Poland? I was there for two. I wound up there for two months. Okay, and when you um, go to something like this, do you have any idea how long you're staying? Does the world's no, uh, central I'm, kitchen tell you? No, that's I mean it, that's this you know that's always the you know, where am I going and how long and how long is always it's always like, I don't know maybe two weeks maybe three and it's never two weeks or three yeah. weeks it's yeah. you know it's kind of a running joke like, well. it just you know yeah if, um I mean the the quickest one I had was a was a week long and that was in Merced California for floods oh um, that's near and, me I'm from yeah, Sacramento yeah. Oh, is it really. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I flew. It's always Fresno great when things go so bad in America. They send world help <laughs> officials. <laughs> but, we got. But um, Fort Myers, Florida, that was five weeks, or, or was it six? Um, so you, you know, go that, all that over was the after world, the hurricane. Including, yeah, including. Yeah, I mean, I'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you. It's pretty much any. I mean, I, and I haven't. I, I only started a year ago. So, but I mean, they've been to Guatemala. They were in Madagascar for the cyclones. That pretty much nobody heard of outside of Madagascar. Um, you know, it's just they, yeah. yeah. They I didn't hear everywhere. about that. We and our that job one, no. is to find a global out. news story every week. And even we don't <laughs> yeah. know about the Madagascar. We should ask cyclones. him for ideas. Yeah. They had so, crisscrossing cyclones that basically did an X across the island and really devastated it. Jeez. So yeah. Haiti. Mm, that's um, a barrel of fun. Yeah, Haiti's the you've been you were there. You've been all these places. In I the was past not year? I was not in Haiti. No, I wasn't oh, okay. in Haiti. I I missed the Haiti one. Okay. Um, no, you I've been. Be. Uh, it's possible, you know. You know, next time there's an earthquake, who knows? Or, so, do you? Or, um, this you started this a year ago. Was Poland your first one, your first stop? Yeah, I, I had. I didn't even know this organization existed, and I, I was really. My wife's Polish, and and so as I watched what was going on in the first week of the war, I was getting very agitated because it it reminded me of my in-laws, and I'm watching people you know, who are being killed and towns being destroyed. That reminded me of the the last 23 years I've been going to Poland. Uh, and so it was really hurting me. And, and so uh, I talked to my wife about I wanted to go out there and do something. And she is a cook. And she said, well, there's this organization called World Central Kitchen. And they, they're looking for chefs and volunteers. And I was like, well, I, I can't really cook. I can make Caesar salad. But uh, <laughs> I said, I'm willing, to be, I'm willing to be a pair of hands and see what happens. And so uh, I flew out there on my own. Um, and her friend uh, met me in Warsaw. I, I was handed a car drove down to uh, Przemysl, which is the town where they were setting up the operations and, and started there. And after about two weeks, they asked me if I wanted to come on board as a contractor. Wow. Um, and then from that point on, I've, I've been a contractor with them and they just, they'll call me when they, when they want me to come do stuff. So this is your life now. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it does, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very exciting kind of like chunk that kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So, you know, I had all these plans and then suddenly I, I had tickets for Depeche Mode and 
Uh, oh I was going to go see them at Madison Square Garden. And then suddenly I was like, can you come Sacrifices. to Florida? I was like, oh, okay. What happened? Hurricane. Okay. So. Um, but you started so with yeah. with the war is what got you interested. Yeah, in yeah I started. Yeah. Yeah, yep. It was, yep. The, that got me into it. And then, I, and then I just kind of, I was valuable to them. And so they, they started calling me back. So where are you right now in Turkey? And what's your daily life like? What are you doing? Uh, right now in Adana, Turkey. So okay. kind of, uh, it is a, like a 10 hour drive from Istanbul. It's so it's a kind of like, it's Turkey's a very wide country. I've come to learn. Mm. So I'm so, kind of South towards, towards Syria, towards, uh, I mean, we're, we're in the, the areas that we're, we're basically accessing the areas that were hit hardest. So, uh, Adana did pretty well actually, but we're, you know, I, about, it's about a four hour drive to Elbistan, right? I went there to set up a kitchen there uh, they they got hit very hard. Uh, Karaman Marash got hit very hard, and then uh, in Hatay province, which is south of here, they were absolutely destroyed. Like um, it's uh, Antik- uh, Antakya, which is Antioch, the biblical town, is basically leveled. It's basically destroyed, and Iskenderun is also destroyed. And it's really, I mean, just devastating. And I'm looking on just the map; amazing, those are all. Right in the south, along the border of Syria, and also on yeah. the sea. Which sea is that? What what sea am I looking at? Yeah, the Mediterranean. Mediterranean? That's the Mediterranean. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Right there. Yep. And just to so break, they, get yeah, out they, some they, facts. Uh, sorry, quickly. The, the fact that they Al Jazeera, I think yesterday reported now 52,000 52, people have died. There's over a hundred billion yeah. U.S. dollars in damages, and there's an estimated yeah, one point five million yeah. people in tents. Living in tents. Yeah. So basically, you'll see 10 cities. So uh, it's the, the organization is called AFAD, A-F-A-D. And that is the basically their equivalent of FEMA. Okay. But, uh, so it's the the, the government's uh, version of FEMA. So they have been providing tents. So, I mean, you see a lot of... So basically what happened now is some buildings are completely destroyed. And especially like in areas like Antakya, they were just... Everything was destroyed. But then in other areas, you have buildings that have been severely compromised and have to be taken down. So people can't live in those. And then you have people who are traumatized and will not go back to uh, to living in a high rise. Oh, and so oh. now the, these tent cities ha- have sprung up everywhere. Um, you know, it was it, it's, it was OK, I guess, when it was cold because they had heaters in them and they, people had you know wood stoves in them. As the weather starts to get hotter, it's going to get pretty miserable, I would imagine. But there's really no housing for people. And, and that's going to be an ongoing thing. One of the guys I'm working with here, the Turkish gentleman. And he's living with his family is 12 people in a house because there's, there's no, there's nothing to rent. There's nothing to buy. Yeah. Um, the devastations is just, you know, is severe and it's going to be a long time before stuff's being, uh, rebuilt. I mean, right now there, there's a lot, you see a lot of on the highway, tons and tons of these small, basically uh, mobile homes kind of like that they're setting up to build these little mini cities. Have there been, but it's uh, going to be unpleasant. Yeah, it was a 6.4 magnitude earthquake, as far as I read. I, I think it was, I thought it was a seven. I thought it was seven, higher. I, I believe that it was. That would make in the more seven. sense. 6.4 doesn't sign that. It doesn't sound okay, like a California that, guy like you. Whatever I read was not yeah. correct. And there were it's, two. Okay. There were two. Oh, there were two. The there, there, was, there was the first one, and then, and then, uh, and that was at four in the morning. And then there was a second one shortly afterwards. And then, so anything that was kind of like on the verge of coming down came down. And they had they had a big earthquake in 1999. I read. Is there one? Yeah, one like that since then, or is that so they weren't even? No, I mean this, the, that was the last major one, and they 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 installed a uh, an earthquake tax, 
uh, and raised a lot of money, and people are wondering where that money went. Mm, yes, because it doesn't seem to have gone towards building earthquake resistant buildings. No, and uh, from you no. know everything I'm from speaking to people here, I mean, it's clear that there was a a lot of corruption and a lot of buildings that were built that not up to code, and uh, there was a, the government actually gave them an amnesty in 2018. So these guys who built buildings that were de you know, deficient. Uh, were given an amnesty. They paid a fine in 2018, and were told, "Okay, don't do that again." Mm, right. But so, I mean, you know, this death, the, this death toll is is I mean, a direct result of corruption, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And Maybe just, the earthquake you know, tax went to bring the comedian earthquake to Turkey for a big show. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, yeah, people are saying they they don't know where that money went, but yeah. it doesn't seem to have gone to where it was supposed to have gone. Right. And they let the amnesty. And, they let people have the amnesties whenever, right? They just there was no real. They got yeah. Twenty eighteen. They were yeah. given, you know so five years ago they were given an you know, if they paid a fine they were given an amnesty. Yeah. Okay, you know you naughty guy, don't do that again. Don't build bad buildings. You know, you know, but. Right. Um. So and it's terrible because I mean you, you, you have people been home, a, you know, Oh, sorry, go ahead, Brian. I was just saying, you know, it was at four, four, four thirty in the morning, something like that. So of course, everybody's at home asleep. Right. You know, nobody's the worst out time on the to road. Have it. There's nobody it's, out. It's, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody was on the road. Everybody was at home asleep, and so uh, you know, it's when I, I had a meeting the first week um, of this uh, operation with the the head of the Tur not the head, but one of the uh, the Turkish uh, Red Crescent. And he was saying at the time that there were, you know, he he thought it was going to be much higher because there were two hundred thousand that seemed to be unaccounted for or that could not be contacted. And he was saying, you know, it's it's back then. I think the the the, the toll was in the twenties or thirties, and he was saying it's going to go higher. And when you see these piles, I mean, you see piles of buildings, and you just wonder how there are, you know, more people underneath them. They they have, you know, they've only just begun to start carting away uh, a lot of the debris. So you th so the number will most yeah. likely go the number up. Number of deaths will go up. I'm sure it'll go up. I'm sure. I mean, they're gonna. I'm sure they'll find more people. I mean, you, like, when I'm driving into town like Elbastan and you just see building after building pile, you know, just piles of rubble. Uh, you'll see where they where the search and rescue teams have been. They they write. Uh, I think it's Bosch, which is empty. So, to, but you know, you know, who knows? People are bound to be found. Yeah. So when I was, um, I've been in an earthquake zone in China in 2008, I believe it was. And um, there were certain buildings that were, cr have crumbled to the ground. Most of them were government, they were schools and things built by okay. the government. And then the private right. buildings were standing perfectly still up, untouched. Uh, uh -huh. And that was obviously a sign of what the materials built to use it, right? The government contracts and all that stuff. Is that, yeah, yeah. do the cities look like that or is it just the whole city's leveled or is it some stuff up, some stuff down? It depends. Like, like uh, Iskenderun and, and Antakya are just leveled. They're just decimated. Wow. Uh, Elbistan, I mean, almost every building sustained damage in some, I mean, you'll see, a living room wall fought, had fallen out from the fourth floor. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll see cracks in the building. You know, um, some buildings you see uh, just, I mean, tilted, uh, just clearly, you know, have to come down. Um, and then, and, and then there are buildings that are fine. They, 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 uh, you know, they're sending engineers around to basically go into every building and, and determine whether or not the building is safe. Um, you know, the, the office building we're using at the warehouse that we're at in Osmania which is about an hour east from here. 
I mean, you know, there are cracks throughout the walls. I mean, the, the behind the receptionist desk, the the marble wall collapsed. I mean, wow. you know, there's damage everywhere. Um, the roads, when I drove up to Elbistan, I mean, it was a patchwork of asphalt where the, you know, the roads had just kind of given way. Um, yeah, I, it's, I don't know how, you know, I don't know what the, if they, you know, what the governments have to do with building here, like how much they contributed to building <clears throat> but i believe yeah. they set the environment that allowed for bad buildings to happen right yeah. so when they go and arrest a bunch of contractors and say oh yeah. these bad apples yeah it's, they're it's a system they're problem yeah and exactly. they're, yeah they're deflecting they're the blame but because you know erdogan i said you know he they're up uh, erdogan is and his government is up for election i believe in may mm-hmm. and you know i saw him give a press conference and he was basically more pissed off that you know people were you know, taking shots at him for, uh, you know, for not doing a good enough job with the with their earthquake response. Yeah. So what? So he gave a very kind of angry press conference. Yeah. Well, he's let's not used to him. Into him I guess, right? No. Uh, let's get into him a little bit. What's, I don't know. I mean, I know you've only been there a month and you don't know, but no. are people like, what's the tenor of the people you talk to? Are they blaming the government? Are they not blaming anyone and just saying this is a freak accident? Or kind of where's it? Where's the no, they, I mean, the people, so the people I'm working with, uh, they're, you know, they're, in, they're educated, they're bilingual, you know, we're working with people, most people are, you know, they, they speak both Turkish and English, uh, they, they tend to be educated, they tend to be younger. And, you know, there's this one guy I love and we'll, you know, at night we'll sit there and talk, he likes to talk politics and he's very, you know, he loves the idea of freedom of speech. And uh, I just, you know, he's a, like a political soulmate. And, uh, you know, he's clearly not a fan of Erdogan. And, uh, and a lot of people I talk to are not. And when I said, well, you know, is he going to get his ass kicked this election? He goes, no. <laughs> really? I said, why, I said, why okay. not? He's like, yeah, he said, he said, because the rest of the country, you know, they will, the people will support him no matter what. And I was like, why? It's kind of like Putin. People are dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's just, a, there's a, le- you know, there's a less educated a larger group of people uh, that will, you know, will vote for him. And just to give some quick background for our listeners who don't know, Erdogan came into power in 2003 as prime minister. He somewhere along the lines decided to, I think maybe that he turned out, he became, he became president president and which he then kind of invented all these new powers for the president along the way. The president wasn't such a big deal until he became president. Then it became the biggest deal. And um, he it, five years ago, he got rid of a lot of the checks that were on the president. And he is most recently. Well, over the years, he has limited freedom of speech to almost nothing. He has limited mm-hmm. criticism of him to for sure. Nothing. He's taken away uh, the, the media. He controls all the media and they still do have free election. They still do have elections. But uh, yeah. how. Legitimate those are of fear. How legitimate yeah. those are is always up for debate. And most recently, I was just reading that the someone who's supposed to be one of his chief, uh, uh, I guess, opponents in the upcoming election was the min- the mayor of Istanbul, and he just put that guy in prison uh, mm. for. And if you're in prison, if you ever go to prison, I guess you're you're in prison. You can't run for election, obviously. And he put him in prison, and his crime was calling one of the election officials an idiot. Uh, yeah. so now he's in prison for a long time. So even if Erdogan, er, 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 Erdogan, Erdogan was less <laughs> popular or less popular, he still, if you control all of that, you kind of maintain popularity. 
Oh, and also the internet's highly, from what I've read, the internet's highly limited. What's your experience with the internet while you're there? Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, I was talking about it yesterday with one of the guys and uh, he was saying that, yeah, they've been basically censoring, they censor the internet. They, people are afraid to post because they can be arrested. Uh, the police will come to your door. And uh, he was saying, you know, if people who do feel like they want to say something, use a VPN mm-hmm. uh, and hide behind an alias or whatever. But, you know, it's definitely an environment that discourages people from voicing any negative opinions of Erdogan or his government or his handling of uh, what's yeah. going on, you know, the, of the earthquake. Uh, yeah, he's he's an authoritarian for sure. And, um, you know, the folks I know are not fans, but, uh, you know, from from speaking to them, it doesn't sound like it's going to change. Yeah. And, and the idea that even VPN, if it did change, she might not let it. I've been asked yeah. so many times that why doesn't because uh, when I lived in China, obviously you could get a VPN and you could get around all this the censorship and stuff. And people would always ask, well, why doesn't everyone just get a VPN? First of all, not everyone can afford it. Um, it's not like it's super expensive, but in a country or knows how to use one. It's like, and yeah. then you have to know how to know. A lot of people are like, you know, older people, my parents, if I was like, just get a VPN, they wouldn't know what that was. And then you have to speak yeah. to even get on to a site. Like, so the sites that are written, uh, that are talking about whatever fill in the blank name of the country in a negative or in a critical way are written in a different language. If your your language is Chinese, you first have to learn English and then go do that. Or I guess in Turkish, you would have to learn English or something. So there's so many barriers along the way that cut out 99% of the people in the end to do it. And if 1% of the people go ahead and get a VPN, it's like, fine, whatever. Let the 1% do what they're doing. But yeah, it's you know, it's it's definitely not a not a free free environment to speak your mind, which is weird for me because I don't you know it's that's one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, just a it's weird to be in a place where you're not supposed to you know you can be you know in trouble with the law for saying like I don't like this guy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's why we've never had a Turkish comedian on this podcast. You know, because yeah, yeah quite literally, yeah, they're scared. Literally, we've, we've yeah. asked, we've asked for years. We want to get someone to explain Erdogan and all the even how to say his name and all these people. Can we ask someone who wasn't in a? They weren't even in the country, and they we said, had, uh, "Yeah, Turkish born comedian in England," and yeah. she was like, "I won't do yeah. it. I still have family in Turkey. I'll never be able to go back." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely you know it's it's been interesting. They you know they um. The the author an authoritarian government kind of inspires a certain way of behavior, and so like what I what I found like when when I was meeting when we were trying to arrange for, uh, you know initially when this organization was trying to you know find places where they could serve food and help out, the initial instinct was kind of like well let, let's let's wait and check and I want to see if it's okay for you to help. Which was, was really kind ask of about weird that. because you're nervous about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in a lot of you know most cases, you people are like, yeah, please, we need your help right now. Come help us. And here it was like, well, hold on, let's let let us make sure that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that that's definitely inspired by the authoritarian kind of you know atmosphere. Yeah, because I think that's uh, a strongman president or leader looks at anyone that could be looked at as an insult. I don't need you to help me. Yeah. I can help me. Well, the whole point of a strongman yeah. is to is to make the trains run on time, so to speak, is to be able to handle all this stuff. They're supposed right. to be competent. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, I was reminded of like, you know, remember when the Kursk submarine sank and we had a, a submarine rescue vehicle and we uh, we told Russia, hey, we've got a submarine rescue vehicle in the, in the neighborhood. Would you like us to rescue your submarine? And they said, no, we don't need your help. 
exactly. and everybody on the Kursk died. You know, I mean, that, ex- I think it's you know that. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. No, sorry. Go ahead. We're no, I said that, that it's it seems like a it seems like a similar kind of of mindset. We're like, no, yeah. we don't need your help. We're fine. Oh, actually, we do. We've got it. <laughs> And there's also, I think that if you're uh, this kind of strongman authoritarian type leader, although they do still have elections, so he's not like a dictator, but authoritarian type leader, I think anything can be a threat. So I've seen in the past that this idea that if you let in maybe your group, maybe the world, I mean, it's not, but they might think maybe the world central kitchen has an ulterior mode. They don't just want to help people. They want to bring in pamphlets and start a counter government mm. movement. Right. Yeah. There, there was definitely a feeling like, you know, it seemed like they were suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like why, why would you just, why would all these people come here and, and help? <laughs> and, and you know, what's their ulterior motive? And it's like, and there isn't one. It's just, it's what it's what they do, you know. It's they they, they show up and they they set up a kitchen and they start serving people food, and there's no you know there's no proselytizing. Motive. There's nothing. You're not no, going to say or just, anything. No, just it's just <laughs> the humanitarian instinct. I mean, it's imagine the guy who, the, the guy who runs the organization is a chef. How are the people um, like not the government, but just the everyday people greeting all regular people with all this stuff? Great, they're great. I mean, they're they uh, when we first got to the airport. You know, and I, I wanted to change some money. And this guy says, you know, why are you here? And I said, I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm uh, humanitarian assistance. He goes, then I give you a good rate. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he gave, and he did. I'm not he did. I, I checked it and, he, and he, he gave me a very good rate. And then, I mean, I was getting a coffee at one place and they wouldn't take my money. And they actually handed me my coffee and a chocolate and said, thank you for helping. Wow, you know, because cool. I'm, I'm wearing when I'm wearing the outfit. Yeah, there are people. And when they when they hear like people will always come over and say, well, you know, where are you from? I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I'm from New York. He's from Florida. He's from California. He's from Texas. And they're like, oh, wow. And they, and they get, you know, one guy told me, he's like, Texas is my favorite city. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're, 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 the people are very lovely and they're very, very grateful. And there's, um, um, and they show it. I mean, they're, they're just very thankful. And it's, you know, it's, and it's one of the things that makes what we're doing so lovely is just mm-hmm. the people just being genuinely happy. You know? to see you and to, to, to know that somebody's, you know, cares. Yeah. Great. Well, we have more coming up in just a minute, but we have to take a break. Uh, very quickly, Kaplan, we're part of the world's smartest podcast network. And uh, we are all of our shows. We have, that is the political orphanage with Andrew Heaton. That is yeah. majoring in everything with Dr. Andrea Jones Roy, who I'm performing with tonight, by the way, in Brooklyn, New York at the living room show. So I host, if you're in Brooklyn, if you're in New York, Anywhere in New York, I host a show every Wednesday night for free at the Postmark Cafe in Brooklyn, where I use it to try out new material every week. And I get some of my favorite comedians from around New York City and around the world to come do the show. And Andrea's doing it tonight. So everybody check out all of their shows, worldsmartestpodcastnetwork.com. And we have, so we tell everyone if you're, so our options for Patreon subscribers are $5 a month, $10 $10 a month and $20 a month. Our $20 a month subscribers get their own ad once a month on this show. And anything they write, we will whatever read they write, we will read. We have an ad today from the great Will Precheck. Let me find it. One of our favorite patrons. Yeah. If you write an ad saying singing the praises of Erdogan re election campaign, we'll read it. We'll read anything. So. 
whatever you got. We need that's for thirty dollars. We won't do that for twenty. That's thirty dollars. Dictators, yeah. Yeah. authoritarians is a, we, we put a tax on them. Authoritarian tax. Will Priestrush says, "I'd like to advertise for the Lincoln Salt Dogs, America's greatest sub single A baseball team." Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> sub single A. That's like my kid's little league team. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. That's He's a, sub. That's the way you say off off Broadway. And it's like my daughter's play. Yeah, this your daughter's is, Ruby. You're yeah, awful. that's a great idea. Your daughter is. A, I'm like Teddy. You're a sub single A baseball team now. <laughs> sub single A. I don't know I, Lincoln. He doesn't even give the state, so I don't know Lincoln, Nebraska. I mean, there's a lot of Lincoln. Illinois. I feel like it's Illinois because it's it? like what's the raves from? That's Link, what I'm guessing. <laughs> Lincoln Salt Dogs. See Lincoln's finest baseball stadium for for a reasonably priced good time. But again, he gives no location, no time. Uh, update. Oh, no, they're we, in Nebraska. They're in Lincoln, Nebraska. I oh, I was We're right. Doing I said Lincoln, here. Nebraska. <laughs> nice job. Well, it's, he the said it's, salt it's Lincoln's finest baseball. So it's not America's finest baseball stadium, but it is Lincoln's. Do you think how much do you think a hot dog is at Lincoln Salt Dogs? I mean, uh, they got to do twenty-five cent dogs if somebody hits a home run or something, something like salt that on it for yeah. the next inning. Something. Maybe like we should do a road trip. Great idea, Kaplan. All right. Uh, And now a word from your local sponsor. All right, we're back. We're back. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you very much. We're back with Brian Sack. Brian, um, thanks for hanging on there for a minute while we did all that. And uh, so what so what are you doing? Are you it's I know it's it's a world kitchen. Are you guys going out and feeding people? Like what what are you doing day to day? Um, so basically, <clears throat> at the very beginning of uh, of an activation, it's called an activation. At the very beginning, they send an advanced team in to the country to figure out where the you know where the greatest need is, and then based on that, you know, based on that, they start working out where they might want to locate a warehouse and then a kitchen. Uh, this is their biggest activation to date because of, of the scope of the damage and and how far it spread across Turkey. Uh, in this particular instance, there are multiple kitchens all over, uh, all over uh, the area you know, of the country and, and, and a main warehouse and now a second warehouse, uh, where everything basically comes out of. And so what I do is I come in and we start setting up <clears throat> the warehouse and the kitchen. So, you know, I drove to Elbistan, uh, helped them set up a kitchen there. Um, and now basically everything's operating out of, uh, Osmania, where the warehouse is, and food trucks out, and uh, any supplies they need goes out on a regular basis. We just have a parade of vans coming, and then from those kitchens, they have distribution that goes out, either you know, a distribution point, or they, they deliver it to people to to areas, uh, or people come to them. And so, and then you know, every day is just many thousands of meals being being served. Wow! And, and of course, we got it. We got it. Go ahead. Yeah. We, so they. I think from what I uh, they they get funding both from individual donors and then from big big time donors. I know uh, Steve Jobs's widow donated a bunch of money, and so they've had some very high profile donors, and then just small you know small donors, just folks from all over, just donating money because they like what the organization does. Um, so and all that money basically goes towards you know, setting up these kitchens, serving and serving meals, and they're very. Sp- the, the meals are tailored to the local uh, local cuisine. So basically, you know, we don't do pork in Turkey, so there's, oh. they're not getting pork. 
you know, you're getting beef, you're getting lamb, you'll get chicken. Um, they, they just put together cause Ramadan is coming up. So they've been putting together Ramadan boxes for families to take so they can have their Ramadan meals. And so it's an assortment of the bulgur wheat is big here and uh, some pastas and things like that. So um, it's all very, you know, it's tailored towards where they are. Wow. That's so I cool. Thought, Ka- I found, but Kaplan's I, I eyes lit say, up when you said no pork. He's very excited. No pork. I love <laughs> Turkish. I know it's a side note, not the point, but I've always found when you meet someone who's from Turkey, the best way to get yeah. on their good side is to tell them that you love their food more than Greek food. And you know, and because <laughs> big rivalry who invented the gyro, yeah. the euro. Yeah. Oh, they, my they dad's very mad. About the, the, yeah. My dad's favorite story of all time is one of uh, my brother's friends from college or some, I don't know, at some point in maybe it was abroad or something, but is a, a guy from Turkey and he joined a fraternity at Northwestern University and the fraternity sent his parents a letter and it said, congratulations, your son has gone Greek. And they were very upset. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh Turkish God. parents. Yeah. No, my God. No, I had a friend in college. He was Turkish and he would get so mad. He would give me the whole history of shepherds and how it doesn't make any sense that the Greeks would have had a uh, lamb before they had lamb. Very, oh my yeah. God. And they also would be like, yeah, he said, Mike, I love your country. I love America's freedoms, but your food is shit. <laughs> so Turkish, Turkish food is superior. Yeah, the food, the food is very, very good. It's in, and it's kind of like a family style communal kind of eating where everybody just reaches and grabs from uh, plates of, you know, that everybody shares. And I like that aspect of it. Um, I do miss pork. I, I do like a little pork now and then. Mm. I can't but, go. It's, yeah. if Turner I go, can't do this volunteer work. He's a good do. He's a do-gooder yeah. at his heart, but he won't be able to do this. If I go a day or two without bacon, I get the shakes. <laughs> he literally yeah. can't function. You got to get like, we got to bring an EpiPen of bacon for you or something. My niece okay. one time, she had, we were saying it at their house during the, uh, during the first couple of months of the, the pandemic. She was like at the time, seven years old. And she came in and she's like, I have a stomach ache. We're like, what's wrong? She goes, I had seven pieces of bacon. And then, no good. and then we like, she like laid down on the couch. And then we saw her two minutes later over eating one more piece of bacon. I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, I think one more will be good. And then after she was fine, it just, it, she had to get right. You know, it's the cure and the, <laughs> it's in our blood. It's in the Sparks family blood. We need bacon. So, uh, what uh wait i want to quickly were you in um grand theft auto yeah grand, uh, the- <laughs> yeah four gta four that's amazing there's there was you know how there's um the, they have the game. radio stations when you get in the car yeah okay so there was one that was public radio liberty was the channel and i played a kind of like a tonight show like it was mike riley was the name of the character and it was it was basically i was the host of this show a comedy show and there were three guests one was like a, a psychotic child uh one was a congressman and then a sleazy actor so and it was very well written very fun and i, I got a tour of the grand theft uh or the what do you call it rockstar studios and when they were in new york i don't think that they're anymore how do you get that um, gig? that's an amazing gig <laughs> that just came it's, i don't know actually it just i mean i i, I did voiceover a lot and they, they actually didn't even have to audition for that one they just called me and hired me for it so that was pretty cool that was a that was a very fun gig it's the only i think it's the only credit i have that my kids care about yeah, oh, I was going to say really that's cool like, dad. I had to get Kaplan's kids to light up. I don't know if they were old enough yeah. for Grand Theft Although Auto. It's a little, they're not old enough for Grand Theft Auto yet, but that, that, <laughs> uh, that'll be, that's all I'm going to teach Teddy at the world's, uh, there's some bad people out there. <laughs> Show <up. laughs> it's a great game, though, yeah. And how was working? You had your own sketch comedy show for three years at the Blaze? Yeah. 
Yeah, on the Blaze. So the Blaze. So it was a it was a nonpartisan comedy show on a partisan network. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was it was tough, but I, I mean, uh, I think with uh, on the second day, I think first or second show, uh, who was calling? Oh, Steve Bannon was trying to get me fired. <laughs> this wow. was this was the real Steve Bannon. In, the real Steve Bannon. This was back in 2011. So the network was owned by Glenn Beck. I think still is. But uh, yeah, I was told, I mean, Glenn, to his credit, defended me, but I was told to make fun of anything across the political spectrum. He right. said, you know, his, his words were, if it deserves to be poked at, poke. And so we did. And I think right out of the gate, I made a Sarah Palin joke, and that was just not acceptable to uh, Bannon, who was at, at the time was at Breitbart. And that caused a feud between Breitbart and Beck for years. Whoa. So, you caused um, a feud yeah, between Breitbart and Beck. Yeah, they, were, they had a fall, you know, because Beck, you know, Beck, to his credit, defended me and, and would, you know, would not throw me under the bus because I was doing what I was hired to do, which was to make fun of all politicians. Um, but, you know, the network itself was a right wing network. The audience um, was loved it, the show, because nobody was making jokes for them. And so anytime we encountered somebody uh, who, you know, who was a fan of the show, they would always say, thank you so much for, you know, for making, you know, you know like nobody was doing Obama jokes, really. Yeah, you know, yeah, those we were like years, those were bad years and, for comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nobody was making fun of the guy. Nobody was making jokes about. Um, and so you know, there were so many topics that just nobody was making you know making jokes about. These people feel very you know ignored and unserved, and so they were extremely grateful to have you know have to have a show where you know people were making jokes about you know uh, the Affordable Care Act or whatever, um, and that were funny. You know, it was actually a, it was it was a very funny show. The problem was the network at the time had launched with a business model that uh, required all these cable networks to pay money for the network. Mm -hmm. And their attitude was like, no, no, we'll, we'll pick you up, but we're not paying money for you. And so like, Oh, wait a second. And oh. so they hemorrhaged money for a couple of years and then they, they canceled all the shows and then they started over again with a different model and they made Tommy Lauren famous. That's Ooh, where she like this, came from, right? Tommy. Lair, that's where she, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, Oh man, why? <laughs> so that was a whole second version. I was wondering because when Captain Line looked it up, I was like, wow, that was in my head. The blaze. I, I, I didn't thought it started in, later. I only I moved realize. to the U.S. in uh, 2016. And that's kind of when I became aware of the blaze or maybe even later. But I thought it was like a reaction to Trump or something. I wasn't. No, he, they launched that. They launched, it, was, it launched as GBTV uh, in I think it was like August 2011. And Glenn then Glenn, TV, Glenn changed his mind, you know, two months later and said, let's call it the blaze. And so, and, you know, we made fun of that. I mean, we just, you know, we, we, he was great. I mean, he's very self-deprecating. We made jokes at his expense all the time. Uh, we compared him to a Sith Lord and he was, you know, we, we had an amusement park that was made fun of his former drug addiction. Like, you know, he, he was very cool with us. He, he let us do whatever Amazing. we wanted. I mean, that's so, yeah, it was when, a good time. When they say that I was in some conversation with comedians the other night and they were like, did you know, and they were blown away. They're like, did you know that Greg Gutfeld, has the number one late night comedy show in America. And I was right. like, yeah, right. obviously he does. Because whether you think he's funny or not, he's going, he's one person doing one angle of comedy. And, and no then there's 10 that. people doing the other angle. Yeah. Right? There's 10,000 people doing the other. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. with the late night, yeah, he's, all of the yeah, other yeah. ones, every other late night host from is the so left, far left. And yeah. he's approaching, yeah, he's the one person approaching it from the right. I went to a taping of the Colbert show one time. Um, who was it? I think Nick Gillespie, you know, from Reason Magazine. Oh, yeah. And uh, and so we went and watched and it, it was it was depressing. It wasn't funny. It started it was during the Trump years and it started mm -hmm. off with uh, in, you know, a cold open about Trump and then a monologue. It was all about Trump. And then oh, yeah. he had a guest. On. I think the guy was 
he was an astronaut and the astronaut and they sat there and talked about Trump. I was like, geez, I mean, it just wasn't funny. Yeah. It, you know, science uh, is real. Let's talk about it with an astronaut. We just make it about <laughs> yeah. Trump. I believe. But so I understand you know, gut, that's exactly you know, the, the audience is not, you know, they're coming to Gutfeld. I don't find him particularly funny, but people just, they want something that's, they're not, they don't want to be beaten over the head with the same jokes well, like, by the same I mean, comedians ex- that aren't even funny. I experienced this at the New York comedy club. I want to say it was like four years ago. So 2019, maybe something like that. And 20, and it was the first time I noticed maybe 2018. And I noticed all the comedians went up one by one. And it was like this hot night. Everybody was killing. The crowds are great. Just bang, bang, bang jokes. And then a girl goes up probably an hour in and she goes, so did anyone hear what Trump did today? And you could hear the whole audience go, <laughs> this is a New York audience. This is a New York yeah. City liberal audience. I guess probably 90 percent liberal though, audience. But, yeah. but it was when I realized, oh, rep- like the right wing doesn't want you making fun of him anymore. Yeah. And the left wing is sick of hearing about him altogether. And yeah, right. these, well, normal left wing people, the yeah. normal left wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say the right. majority of humans in America are, are one way or the it. other. Yeah. Just don't want didn't want to hear a Trump joke. And a year earlier, 2017, 18, it was, oh, those in New York City, uh, Trump's orange joke. It was the hackiest bit of all time, but it killed. And that was the first thing I saw just bomb and her whole set bombed. And uh, then the the crowd was back after that. And I was like, oh, it's over. The Trump. Well, it's also like they used to do like David Letterman's not a a right wing guy. Right. You're talking about Colbert. But like those shows used to make fun of both sides. They make fun of Ronald Reagan. They make fun of Tip O'Neill. They make fun of everybody. As they should. And it wasn't yeah. like focused so much every single joke over and over. Yeah, every yeah. So well, and and Colbert's yeah. still doing Trump jokes. This is five years after, four years after <laughs> yeah. I saw an entire New York City audience just reject yeah, the premise. He well, he's in such a bubble of yeah. And we we had a couple of writers on staff, and there was this one girl, and and I you know, I said you know well, let's do let's you know work on a sketch show, an Obama sketch. It's something we got to poke fun at this something, and she just like to. She just tried so hard and just couldn't come up with any re- any way to criticize Obama. I wound up with this. I wrote a sketch about basically how he, he increased drone strikes by, you know, eightfold. I think I remember remember when it was like when George W. Bush was uh, drone striking people. It was terrible, horrible, awful. Right. And then and when Obama, Obama was doing it eight times worse, it was nothing. Silence crickets. Well, not so, only was um, it nothing, he won the Nobel Peace Prize for the amount of drone of course, strikes. Two, two minutes into the presidency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so, like, wow, one more drone strike and you win the Nobel Peace Prize, buddy. <laughs> but we had, we had a, there was an actor on our show, uh, Anthony Atamanik, very, very funny, very talented. He came out of Upright Citizens Brigade and he got a show on Comedy Central called, I think it was called The President Show or Mr. President. I forget. Yes. But he was, he does, he, he's a phenomenal uh, actor, like an impersonator. And he, he's a great impression of Trump. But it was just like, I think people were just over it. They were like, okay. I no, remember no that Trump. Guy. That Too many guy, people do good Trumps. Yeah. He was the one, he did those Trump <laughs> and then someone else did Bernie. And yes, they, yes. they went on tour debating yep. each other. They yeah, were it was great. fantastic. Like that was yeah. the best Trump oh, I've ever seen. Yeah, but he's, it was, he's phenomenal. And actually he did, I mean, he did, he was on Sturdy. I mean, I, he, he, I remember he was saying he, he auditioned for Saturday Night Live and he didn't get it, but suddenly Alec Baldwin had all these great new jokes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They stole his, yeah. Uh, Trump was Yeah, awful. they stole his shit. Yeah. Which was also but, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but it was ridiculous that they didn't give it to someone like him. They used a yeah, regular random celebrity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we had a we had a segment on my show called The Experts, where I'd have three guests 
Uh, they're all Upright Citizens Brigade people, and then myself as the host. And so we'd be talking about a, a topic like breastfeeding in public, and, and we'd let every actor pick what they wanted to do. So you might have, you know, Anthony Antamanik as Adolf Hitler uh, opining on breastfeeding in public. You know, you <laughs> uh, and you know, just I, I mean, he yeah. was he was uh, definitely uh, phenomenally talented and did some great impressions on our show. Crazy, but people are just tired of Trump. And what about uh, you worked with John Mayer? Speaking of great impressions or phenomenally talented, John, yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> was I worked. At a, there was a there was a, a there was a technology called Dual Disc that was a DVD on one side and a CD on the other, and so he wanted to do a fake comedy show, so I played kind of like a Charlie Rose character, like Paul called Paul Reddy. And I just peppered him with it was all it was improvised. So he didn't know what I was going to be asking him. And it was just one inane question, you know, just question after another uh, that he would have to answer. You know, did you get angry at the Beatles? You know, why would I get angry at the Beatles? Well, because they're more famous, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, and just, uh, you know, the, and it was great because we didn't let anybody in on the joke. So when it when the show went out. Uh, you would see all these comments like that. That host is so disrespectful. You know how awful. <laughs> I, I can't. You know, John was such a trooper to put up with that asshole. Oh. I was just really funny. That's great. <laughs> and we never really, you know, never let on. You know, somebody in the comments would always be like, "It's actually, you know, it's a joke, guys." But, but it was a lot of fun. That was a fun project. So we're wow. writing now. On, I don't think we should. I, I don't know if we can tell say what the project is. But the way we kind of got reconnected, we're writing on this project together. Um, oh yeah. But what is your so what's the plan for you now? Like, do you do you know when you're leaving Turkey? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, Very gonna, uh, a, you sound like my wife. Uh, no. I, so <laughs> I, I'm, huh? I'm guess I'm going to probably leave toward the end of this month. I'm going to miss yet another St. Patrick's Day. Um, mm. But I think I was looking at the schedule. I mean, it look, it, I think that's the best time we're going to there's going to be a transition team coming in to kind of take over and then slowly scale down. So right in the first couple of weeks of an activation, it's absolute chaos. It's running around. It's, it's trying, you know, you're trying to find locations, you're trying to build things, you're trying to get stuff going as quickly as possible. And then, you know, you get that going and then you start getting into a rhythm. And now we've gotten into the rhythm where, you know, we know what's happening every day. We, we know what to expect. We know where stuff is going. We know what's coming. Uh, and so now you kind of, you run that operation and then slowly you scale down depending on the need. Yeah. Okay. So, and they'll bring in a transition team for that. And I think that's kind of the cue for me to kind of go home. <laughs> yeah. And what's, do you know what the plan is or is there a plan yet for, to get homes for 1.5 million people? You know, that's, that's a government problem. And they, uh, yeah. I mean, right now it's temporary housing. You, the, the highway is just clogged with trailers carrying these small mobile homes and they're just building these little villages. When I was up in Elbistan, there was a stadium and they just basically in the stadium parking lot started building how, you know, putting these temporary housing, temporary showers, temporary bathrooms. I mean, it's going to be unpleasant for quite some time. I mean, yeah. And a high rise building as someone who lives in a, in, a, in the penthouse, Turner likes to say, yeah. <laughs> takes a while to build. And especially if it's going to be up to code, which we, you know, in the past they haven't done, but maybe this time they will. So uh, yeah, that's, I'm pretty that's sure gonna, from now on it will be. Yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, they, you know, they also have to take down the buildings that are compromised. Oh, right. Yeah. So, that's very you know, true. They got to remove what's existing, what's already destroyed. Then they got to destroy more and get that. And then they can start building. So it, it's it's going to be a long process. Um, wow. But I, I believe that, yeah. 
And then for you, you'll just go next wherever, wherever. Yeah. You're do you called. have any? Bu- you have a bucket list of places you're hoping something <laughs> that happens. Like, you're like a superhero. I, you know, I, always, I love yeah, it because you know, you just you never out. know what's going to happen. Yeah, you never, you never know what's going to yeah. happen. As soon as I see the text get, message, like what's you your like availability? A bat phone? Is it like yeah? yeah. It's a, you're like a, the wolf. It's, I, it's it's you know it's fun, but you you know drop. Unfortunately, my wife is very uh, tolerant of it because it does put a lot of work on her because now, you know, she's with the two kids and the dog and, uh, you know, that she handles yeah. all the logistics of that, but she also knows that, it, you know, I really, really enjoy this. This is um, why I'm not doing do good and work like you're doing. Cause I got two kids <laughs> and a dog and my wife wouldn't allow it. She, she, I do want to send my kids though with you to help their college applications at some point. So yeah. I, mean, I should start like a side gig. Let's go almost like tutoring, which <laughs> <laughs> just gives kids experience in, in disaster zones. <laughs> Well, Brian, thanks for doing the show, man. Uh, it's sure. an a- absolute blast. Yeah. And how can people donate to this organization? Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, the wck.org. Okay. Um, is the, that'll take you to the to the donor. Like, also show you pictures, and you you know you can get you can sign up. You'll, they'll send you updates on what they're doing and pictures of all the people they're helping. I mean, still, obviously, there's an active operation in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there at the beginning months of the war, but then as the war went on, they moved the operation into Ukraine and have basically been getting as close to the front line as they feel comfortable getting. Wow. So yeah, there have there were a couple of close calls, but um, you know, they that's where the area of greatest need is. In the beginning, it was just a flood of humanity coming into Poland. I mean, they absorbed millions of people. It was crazy. Sure. That's nuts. Well, All right. Well, everybody, I'll also put that well. in the link. I mean, I'll put the link in the uh, the the notes to this episode. WCK.org. Brian Sack. Thank you for and doing I got it. A, I got a new Instagram. Oh, no. what is it? Let's promote your Instagram. <laughs> no, I just, I just I just started because I figured I'd start making videos at this activation. It's just Bodega Brian. Uh, I think. Yeah. Bodega Brian. I'm not good at Instagram. I'm, I'm new Bodega. to it. Huh? <laughs> Bodega Brian. You know, I still say Bodega. Yeah. Bodega Brian. Yeah. Well, actually, that's my that's my nickname here because the bodega is actually the warehouse where they store everything but food. And oh, since I was kind of, of I York. was kind of in Poland, I was master of the bodega there. So they called me Bodega Brian. <laughs> cool. You just Bodega Brian. Shop, you're like a real good. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for doing the show, man. That is it. Kaplan, what's yeah, thanks, new? <laughs> yeah, on that note, let's get lost. Get lost. Uh, thanks, everybody. guys. Thanks, Brian. <laughs>